0: This episode of the A-list podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag and indeed.com. Welcome back into another episode of the A-list podcast. I'm Quani Lunis, as always, with my favorite people. Maybe my, not maybe favorite people, wow. but you know, favorite podcast co-hosts, A. Blakely and Gary Washburn. I can't
1: believe Quani so,
2: knows just grew right before our eyes. You see that? She had a Pinocchio moment <laughs> right there and
1: caught herself. My Kwani, favorite you, people. Kwani, are you 100% sure? My favorite sure? podcast a, co-host. Are you 100% sure of
2: that, Kwani? She's 99.9% sure, Gary.
0: 99.9%. <laughs> can't be 100% sure.
2: How are you two doing? It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. Been a, week a big, fat week. Uh, it. We're getting to that point where, you know, we're, we're just trying to get to, to training camp, you know, and mm-hmm. you get the season going. So, let's get it. Let's get well, did,
0: did you hear the big news? The Celtics have signed someone?
2: Jake Lehman? They've added our good friend, Mr. Lehman. Um, shout out to Bobby Manning for breaking that story of CLNS Media. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Jake Lehman. Um, I've seen him play a few times. i uh, seen him in Summer League a few times. I, I got lots of thoughts on Jake. I'm, I'm curious to know what Gary thinks about him. Because G- Gary, what are your thoughts about Jake?
1: uh, I mean he's a free he's a really good athlete. He's kind of a high flyer, um obviously a local kid. And I mean, he just hasn't been able to break into the rotation. I thought he had uh some real chances in Portland. Then he went to Minnesota and just basically disappeared. So this is a that's why I don't think he signed with anybody in the off season and he's on a training camp contract because I just think the last two years of Minnesota, He just hasn't played much. He fell out of the rotation. He's a bench guy. So it would be interesting to see if he still has something left. You know, they could use another really good athlete, a swing man. Can he be that kind of guy? Can he hit a three? Can he make the team and just be like one of those guys at the end of the bench? I don't think, okay, Jake's going to play 15 minutes a game, but can he break through and make the roster? So that's I think that's his goal, obviously.
2: I think you know for the Celtics, Jake would be what you call in case of an emergency. Let's go there type of player. I think that's what they're looking for uh, with that final roster spot. They're looking for someone who isn't going to necessarily play their way into being a regular rotation guy or even compete for that matter for being a regular rotation guy. But if you were to throw them into the regular rotation, they're not going to suck. They're not going to you know they're not going to be the the first or second year player who kind of you just don't know how they're going to react to that spotlight and they're not going to be that grizzled veteran who is wondering I've been to, I've played an X number of games and done this, that, and the other in the league. Why am I not playing ahead of that dude? Who's like three years in and ain't never going to be half the player that I was in my prime. I think for Brad Stevens and those guys, they're not necessarily looking for the best player. They're looking for the best fit for that particular role. And I kind of get that more. So when you're talking about a championship caliber team, but that being said, I still think they need to get one. They need to get mellow. I still, you know, Gary. It's one of the few things that Gary Washburn has actually been able. To, I think Gary might be right for once, yeah. uh in his life. Which, which again, it reminds me of the Rasheed Wallace "A broken clock is right twice a day" theory. Gary, <laughs> the clock is has struck, hey. and this is your moment. I you think you're him right a about that.
0: Clock. Did he just call you a broken clock.
2: Yeah, did. Um, yeah. I did. That, that's, yeah, that, I complimented him, but I had to keep it real. I had to keep it 99.9% twenty because we can't do 100. You
1: can't Never. do 100. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I do think they need a body, but there's two weeks before camp. Um, You'd want to get that person in ASAP. And I think that honestly, if they were going to sign Carmelo by now, they would have done it. it so happen. they're really examining what to do. Or they really are feeding us this. We believe in Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett stuff, and they really believe that. I'm not so certain about that. I like Sam. Um, I think he did a, you know, I, the game in Toronto where they almost won, um, where they didn't play anybody. I thought he played pretty well, but he hasn't had a lot of time, a lot of burn out there. So to sit there and say he can handle the role, uh, I think they need another vet. I think everybody believes that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, it could be in terms of obviously the salary cap and the luxury tax. Right. Face by bringing in somebody who's making 3 million, that might mean 12 million. So you don't know if ownership is like, listen, we're cutting this off or we have time to sign Carmelo during camp. So there's no hurry. I mean, because obviously if 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 he was that desired, he would be signed by now. I mean, Montrezl Harrell signed with the Sixers after beating a, you know, weed case. So obviously there was desire for him. There's 30 teams out there. So I think Carmelo might have to wait this one out, unfortunately. Or he probably has offers on the table from teams he probably don't want to play for because he doesn't think he'll win a championship, or mm-hmm. have a chance of championship. So uh, to me, uh, my hopes for Carmelo are not high, I think I said, they would handle their business right now, get him in, get him in some workouts with with Tatum and Brown and get him ready to go uh, when camp starts two weeks from the day.
2: Yeah. And and Gary, to your point about, you know, Mello versus, you know, Montrizzle, um, there's a 10-year age gap also between them. I mean, he's only 28 and Mello's 38. And so if you're the Celtics, you might want a veteran, but do you want a veteran, veteran, veteran? Uh, there's, I, there's obviously concerns about, you know, Melo from a mileage standpoint, cause he's played a lot of basketball, uh, played a lot of great basketball individually. Uh, so how much juice does he have in the tank? And, you know, the one thing that I, I think we all have to be mindful of with Brad Stevens and the Celtics is that their philosophy when it comes to draft picks is very different. Uh, they're willing to include them in any and every deal. Whereas Danny Ains treated him like they were blocks of gold, uh, very reluctant to part with them. And, while brad is willing to part with him he's not willing to sacrifice developing young players in in order to do that which is why you see a lot of guys that they're bringing in who were maybe didn't quite work out with another team but have still are young enough to have potential to be a contributor in the nba and i think that's one of the things that would attract him to someone like like jake layman uh a young guy who's been in the leagues five six years he's played on a couple of different teams has shown flashes of being someone who can help a team uh, hasn't really quite found his exact fit, but there's enough positives about him from a potential standpoint where if he's at the end of your bench, you're not freaking out about that because again, there's, there's enough potential where you could see him having a certain role uh, on your team, but he's going to have to beat out Denzel Valentine and Justin Jackson, who, and c- another couple of guys who are in that same kind of big wing type position Uh who have who've been in the league long enough to where they're not this is they're not new to this. So it, training camp is going to be interesting because that battle for that last spot, you've got a lot of different guys who all have different things they bring to the table. It's just a matter of the Celtics figuring out what exactly is their most pressing need with that particular spot in their rotation, or excuse me, not rotation, but in their roster.
0: And Sherrod, you bring up a really good point. We talk about the fact that when you do have young players, this is the opportunity to development them. But Gary, to your critiques of one of the reasons why they lost in the NBA Finals was because they didn't have enough talent when you look at the depth of their roster. So where is that happy medium Mm -hmm. of them getting veterans, but also, okay, maybe you're not getting a 38-year-old, but someone that is experienced enough to really contribute to that end of the bench?
1: I mean, to me, you got to – you're playing for this year. You're playing for now, okay? You're not playing to develop guys. Like, you're past that limit. You developed Tatum, you develop Brown, you develop Robert Williams, you develop Grant Williams. You're developing Peyton Pritchard. You got rid of Aaron Neesmith because he wasn't developing. So <laughs> you developed five or six guys on your roster over the last couple of years. You've taken the hits, okay, into capable two all-star caliber players, one top five, one, or, you know, the argument might not be he's not top five anymore, but top 10 and then Jalen top 20. And then Robert Williams, who's turned to a top, who turned to a top five defensive center, Grant Williams, who's a good swing man, is is had a, comes off a very good year, and Peyton Bridger, right? Um, to me, you've developed, and now if you are trying to take somebody, you know, like if you're gonna want somebody to sit a year now, you develop J.D. Davidson, you develop guys that you drafted, but some of these young guys like. You want Carmelo or Bruno Caboclo? Like no offense to Bruno, like I hope I- I'm rooting for my man because I think that two years away from being two years away, it really stuck with him. Unfortunately, and gave him a bad tag. And he wasn't ready, and maybe now he's ready. You know, he's 26 years old, and and I said like he could be a twin for Sherrod's son Isaiah. As I always say, like they they, they-, they-, they- we still haven't
0: confirmed. We need a we DNA
1: test. It. We haven't. We need a mid to show uh, pictures of the two beside each other and be like, hold on. Anyway, um, to me, you have to have veterans. That's why the Warriors signed Iguodala. That's why you sign some old, you don't now, you don't go Lakers and sign seven old guys and hope, you know, like we don't, like Kwani, that's going too damn far, right? <laughs> you got, I mean, you got the AARP crew on the team. Not you know what I'm AARP saying? Crew. I mean, no. You don't yes. do that, but one or two because you got Al and that's, that's your it. oldest, that's it. You could use a Carmelo or someone else who can stabilize the team, be a good locker room guy or whatever. Now the developing part, the only guys you develop is um, Fiondu and you do it because he's on a two-way and, or if you want to okay. sign for a two, He said it two-way. right, y'all. Yep. Got it right. So the training camp's coming. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna embarrass myself on me. I'm embarrassing yourself. <laughs> so um <laughs> and JD Davidson, okay. And those are the two guys you focus on developing. Now, if you if Noah Vonley comes in and plays like a monster, like Baby Moses Malone, or okay, you 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 keep him, but he got to show that in camp. But you're playing for this year, and so to me, you sacrificed. You know, the, Matt Ryan, they let him go. Like, if you want to develop, bring Matt Ryan back. Like, bring, like, it's, it's just to the point of, like, the, 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 they haven't done enough event developing. They've done, done enough. This is the year you're going after the championship, okay? Cleveland's coming after you now. Brooklyn coming after you. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, right? Like, you are the top dogs. People are picking the Celtics to win it all. So you gotta do everything you can to win it all. You can't be thinking about next year. Win a chip, they you need to talk about next year. Like well, win, win a championship first.
2: Well, you you've already built your roster in a way where you can do both. I mean, you you've got your team. You proved this past season that you've got the talent to go to you know to the brink of winning a championship. And now it's a matter of just augmenting. Where did you fall short? And when you look at a guy like Jason Tatum, if he's playing not well or he's playing hurt. He, you don't have anyone that has that that DNA. that Jay, Like, Jason is a, is a bucket getter. He's one of those guys. Carmelo, even at his advanced age, he can't do it like he did back in, you know, 5, 10 years ago, but he still has that DNA. If Carmelo is on an NBA roster, no one will be shocked if he goes off for 20, 25 points on any given night. He has that in him. Yeah. You don't have, right now, the Celtics, when you look at the end of their bench. Sam Hauser? He might get you 25 up in Maine. <laughs> he might get you 25 in that practice pick-up
1: game. five or six threes in a game. Yeah. But I just don't understand the, like, reliance on him and, and with this third center position, Luke Cornett, was going to, like, you know, I think some guys are who they are. Mm-hmm. Sam is a shooter. I get it. They got burned by letting Max Struess go. And and keeping Javante Green, and then, and then they kept Taco on a two-way and all that. And I think Don't think about Tremont, huh, Tremont Waters, who's actually playing well for Team Puerto Rico uh, in the in the in FIBA. So good for Tremont. Yep. Yep. So you they made some mistakes. They let Struess walk, and now he's a starter for Miami. So I'm sure Hauser's benefiting from that because they're like, we're not letting another pure shooter just walk away from the franchise walk away from the organization and walk to a rival who's gonna, like, it's going to click for Sam. I just don't know if it's this year under this type of pressure, but I do think, I mean, he's, he's a capable player, but can he take that role? Um I just think you bring Carmel, if Carmelo sucks or he's not playing well, or it's, he's, he's done, then you can decide what to do. You can waive him. It's on a one year minimum deal, but these are what the championship teams do you bring in an abundance of talent. You let them fight it out. And then if you got to let a guy go, you just got to let a guy go.
0: Yeah. My joke might be getting old, but I still stand by the fact that Brad Stevens is now running this company that we know as the Boston Celtics. And he still needs to hire some good talent. So Stop of course, Gary. Uh,
2: Stop it, Gary. Party,
0: He's a hater. Gary's a hater. hater. But our partners, we have a partnership here at the A-List podcast with Indeed, and they know everything that you need to know about hiring a business, and they understand you more than any other website would. They're the hiring platform that will help you attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skill sets, the right shooting ability can they play in the post? Indeed has got you covered. (laughs) And you don't have to wait, actually. They say that actually 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes match the job description the moment they sponsor a job. One thing that we love here on the A-List podcast about Indeed is the fact that they have that instant match feature, which again, once someone puts their resume in the system, it kind of pinpoints them for you to figure out if they're the best person for the job. Instant match is actually as soon as you sponsor the job post, you can get all of these candidates immediately. So all you need to do is go to indeed.com slash a list. You'll actually get a $75 sponsored credit from us, our gift to you to upgrade your job posts. Indeed.com slash a list. You need to hire. You need indeed. Indeed you do. So Sherrod Gary, let's talk about some former Celtics players who are not in the league anymore, actually, but let's kind of catch up with them. So Jordan Crawford was on that 2013 Celtics team, and he's reportedly signing with the Bahrainian Basketball Association. And then you have Jared Sullinger who's signing, reportedly signing with the CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association. So they're not in the league anymore. It's, it's basically like
1: yeah ba- they, have, they don't have any NBA team in Bahrain <laughs> nothing <laughs> good, 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 nothing good, good but guess, which of those
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that being said which of these two would you think would either help not only the Celtics but another NBA team right now like it's still relevant in that sense
2: <laughs> I I I think it's Jared I mean because of
0: the namesake? Like, I feel like he's a bigger name, too, though.
2: Well, I think that the thing about Jared is that when you look at what Jared does when he's at his absolute best are things that every team in the NBA wants. A guy that can rebound, a guy that can sc- can stretch the floor a little bit. I-, I thought his three-point shooting was getting better. It's not great. Um, but you look at most of the bigs in from that period of time who began to experiment more with three-point shooting – uh, they, the more they shot, the better. Typically, most of them got. And and Jared, again, the one thing that is never going to change about him is his ability to rebound. Uh, and that's one of the things that a lot of teams now and, and for I think till forever are going to want. And that's guys mm-hmm. who can rebound. Uh, but you know, Jordan Crawford, I love Jordan Crawford. Uh, I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of Jordan Crawford when he was in Boston. Uh, the thing that I, I I've never really been able to kind of quite figure out is why he wasn't given a little bit more leeway in the NBA because so many of the questions that people had about Jordan, as far as maturity, and can he play, can he be a playmaker? Can he be a good teammate? I thought he answered a lot of those questions when he was in Boston, particularly when they moved him over to the point uh, and he began to run the offense. And you saw that he, yeah, he could still score and get buckets from time to time, but he was actually making a conscious effort to get others involved. And I thought he really did a good job in the role that he had executing that i was a little surprised that he didn't get more uh, a little bit more runway uh afterwards but the other thing too jared's younger jared's like i think just turned 30 or recently turned 30 and jordan is like 33 and for point guards if you're not top 10 top 15 ish in your prime by the time you hit those early 30s you're pretty much a wrap in the nba whether you deserve it or not uh but I would, say, I would say Sully. I would say Sully would be the guy that could probably help more teams than than Jordan.
0: And you have to take it with a grain of salt the fact that they are both still playing professional basketball, whether or not it's in the NBA, it's still, I think, a blessing to still be able to play the game at that point
1: in your career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, you know, wow. Jared was like the number one high school prospect when he was in high school in Ohio. And He probably could have left after his freshman year at Ohio State, but he went back to school and then he fell in the draft. I always viewed uh, Jared's story. as kind of sad that he, he put up like 14 and seven, like he was not a bust. And then suddenly he had weight issues and maybe caused his back problems. And then he got the kind of the, you know, the, the tag that he just, he, he wasn't, he was going to, you know, he was going to turn into Oliver Miller or one of these guys who couldn't, you know, lose the weight. And then, and then he, he you know, he had the incident with his fiance now his wife and he's now he's got, I want to say uh, he had twin. I want to say his three children. Now he's married, like Jared, it is sad that he just never really got a full shot. I talked to him a couple years ago and he had lost Weight and he was coaching in that TBT. You know he was coaching, like it's just sad that he never really got another chance because on the level where he's playing with like I think a herniated disc during his early years with the Celtics. So he had back issues. I know that scared teams and the weight issues, but it wasn't like he was a you know, near I'm,
2: double double then.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like he was playing with you know. And I said I covered the late Kevin Duckworth when he's with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Years ago, and Kevin was just like you know, 360, um, and just it just too heavy to play, it just was not good. You know, I've covered a couple of those guys, Stanley Roberts, uh, in the same <laughs> damn team with the Clippers. That was a, I was gonna write a book on that covering that team, but um, then. yeah, I should, I should. That was interesting. Uh, coached by former Celtic championship coach Bill Fitch, but. You know, there's guys I've seen, but I thought Jerry deserved an honest to goodness second chance to make the league. He, it looks like he had dropped the weight. And then I know he was playing in China before and he's playing locally. And, you know, I just think he could have gotten another shot. Now, I don't know at 30 whether a team would even, you know, whether you know, I know he's coming in a couple of years ago. He wanted to get a shot. He wanted to get it. You know, I mean, all these guys getting training camp invites. It's like, why not? bring him in if he's trash or I hate the word trash. I, I don't yeah. should use that anymore. That's if he's ridiculous. not good anymore, he doesn't have it, then you know you release him, you say you know and he says he tried. Like I always look at that um story on the third my favorite 30 for th- I love the 30 for 30. My favorite one is on Marcus Dupree, uh the the the, the best one that never was ever was. I mean if you guys look, saw that one, the running back from Oklahoma, and I remember when he was in Oklahoma, the Jerry Curry run over fools. I mean, he was he like was a grown ass, ass man as an 18-year-old running over people, and he gained all this weight and blew out his knee, but he came all the way back and he made my favorite team. He made the LA Rams, and I remember being younger. A lot, you know, I was like baby in college and he had made the Rams, and like he had come back and he, he, he did it. Like he... That was his thing. I wanted to come back and play. And I think Jared deserves that shot. A lot of guys, you know, like, hey, I don't want to be a superstar. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, be an all star anymore. Those, I know I'm not going to do that, but to make a squad, to be, you know, and and I just think he deserved that. I feel bad for Jared. And maybe it was like, hey, he's got a family now. He's married. Things have changed. You know, he's he's more into being at home with his kids. But I always thought he should have gotten a fair. If you look at his numbers, and you know, for for his, what he put up that first year for Doc, and you know, I was like, he put 14 and seven, you know, and he was like you, right? you said he was an improving shooter. It was just his back was bad, and everybody knew, okay, Jerry, you're gonna need to lose some weight. Because remember, Big Baby had just come through Boston, and I think the Celtics were a little frazzled by that situation where Big Baby never quite got into great shape. Uh, even when he went to Orlando and then he, you know, now he, he's out the league and, and what he's doing or whatever. Uh, he never kind of became a, a real consistent player. And I just think that that maybe some reputation things hurt Jared, uh, the back situation, the off-the-court things all came and he was still 23, 24, and it was always going down. So I hope that Jared can get another, if he wants to get to another shot. If not, make that money in China. You know, Sherrod's favorite league, the Chinese Basketball Association, BBA. you know, you know uh, he's an official sponsor, and uh, you know, go make that money. But I always thought he should have got another shot. I really think, unfortunately for him, where there's bad luck and maybe, as I said, he might not have wanted it much because he started having kids and being a family man and being able to be near his dad and his whole, whole you know, you got a huge family in Ohio. With his brothers and stuff, maybe that was just like, "Hey, this is good for me." But Jared, I see, I like Jordan Crawford though. Jordan could score. Now he (laughs) wasn't necessarily a great passer, but Jordan could put the ball in the hoop when you wanted him to. So with Jared,
0: one of our loyal listeners might remember that we actually had him on the pod in May of last year. So the episode may be a little dated, but when we talked to him, it seemed as though he was obviously still open. To any opportunities in the NBA, so we'll see. Maybe the CBA will be the demo reel that he needs to get.
1: back. up, Sherrod. Give him a shot. Help yeah. him out. Damn, Sherrod. <laughs>
2: look, man. I, I did yeah. what I could with Shadlik Randolph and got him over here. Damn.
1: <laughs> Come on, Sherrod. <Sarai. laughs> give my man Damn. a job. What you doing, man?
2: Damn. You <laughs> look President like Indeed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> look him up.
2: I'm not in Indeed. Indeed. I wish Indeed. I was Indeed.com. Indeed. Indeed. I'll make it happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 100% right.
0: <laughs> well, as we've talked on this podcast, it's obviously very Celtics focused. But believe it or not, we're already approaching week two of the NFL season, which means Bet Online is going to be your number one source for your football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find out all the football odds, news, game matchups, everything you need to know. BetOnline.ag most likely has it on their website. They're your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. They're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, not just football, of course, basketball. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're a big fan, and other events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So all you have to do is head over to betonline.ag, and you can join and receive 50% off a welcome bonus with that code CLNS50. As simple as that, CLNS50, that's the code to get a welcome bonus of 50%. line where the games start, as I drop my phone to the ground. <laughs> but, as we move on, the NBA has a little bit of controversy going on. I'm sure the two of you know at this point that the NBA has since suspended the Phoenix Sun and Mercury owner for Robert Sarver for his... Basically, misconduct in the workplace. It was recorded that he said the N-word about five times and had sexist remarks, and it was just toxic in every sense of the word. But do you I one? I'm curious if you guys think the one year fine is like enough of a suspension for something as severe as that when you own teams that primarily have black people
2: on see, it. See, here here here's one thing about. The suspension and the fine. And the fine that's going to social justice. Like, I, I, I want when, when I, my understanding of just being around rich people is that the one thing that, that absolutely drives them nuts is when you get your hand in a pocket. Now, the $10 million is a nice start. That's a nice start. But I would like to see them take away any type of financial gains that he can make for an entire year so that he can, financially speaking, feel the brunt of what it's like to not have a job for a year. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. In addition to the other stuff that they're going, I would like to see him suspended longer, but I know the, M- the NBA, they're just not going to do that. So if I can't if I can't get rid of him in that capacity, I want to hit him where he's going to feel it and take money out of his pocket for an entire year. He's going to feel that. He would absolutely feel that. It's not enough for me. Gary, what do you think?
1: Uh, it's interesting because Obviously it's comparable to 2014 and Donald Sterling Donald, where that was
0: exactly
1: that was Silver's first major move. I mean that was like he was like two months it was like you know the late great David Stern kind of left um yeah. left Silver with Donald Sterling and I think Here a new bargaining agreement like st- Silver was Silver was like you know avoiding uh you know bullets when he first came into to his administration in early 2014. Um, and he made the hardcore decision that was that was completely supported by almost everyone on Donald Sterling. Everyone. Hey man, you 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 suspended for life. You know, now he made did he make profits off selling the team yet? Yeah, you can't really stop that. But he got yeah. Sterling the hell out of there. And I <laughs> and it will be in my book on the Clippers. I covered Donald Sterling as an owner for two years, and Donald was. <sighs> He was a a delusional man. He's a delusional man. Ninety nine point
2: nine, Gary. Come on now.
1: Just lives in his own world, and it was interesting. And none of the stuff that he said surprised me. Um, He was a very delusional man, just like a Howard Hughes type, where he was in his own world. But he was filthy rich, right? And I think with Sarver, the things I've heard about Sarver over the years is more his meddling with the team is basically one being cheap. Um, now that hasn't happened the last couple of years. So he's have turned things around hiring James Jones, hiring Monty Williams, okay. trading for Chris Paul, giving Devin Booker the bag because that was, and I credit Ryan McDonough, a lot of things Ryan McDonough got bounced out of Phoenix for not carrying the franchise. But a lot of the moves that they end up going to the finals with was moves that he made. Now, was it fair that he got bounced? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I think Ryan's a good guy, but I just was told by people in the organization um, that you know over the years that he just meddles too much. He's want he wants he wants to be the the de facto GM, you know. And it's not Mark Cuban lets people do their job, but he's always there and he treats the players right and he gives them a the video game system in their locker, things that the players like phoenix people were like no like and it's amazing phoenix is you know i mean we go there like i you know i've been there i used to cover baseball spring training it's a beautiful place except obviously the summer is crazy the weather it's like vegas but it's no estate income tax you know the weather is is you know picturesque nine months out of the year People, lo- a lot of athletes love living there. A lot of former athletes, Charles Barkley's, Ken Griffey Jr.'s, a lot of them have homes in Arizona. And, but for whatever reason, they couldn't sign any free agents for 15 years. Why do you think that is? I, I was told basically it's Robert Sarger. LaMarcus Aldridge went back to San Antonio, turned down Phoenix. LeBron James wouldn't even meet with the Sun. The Suns had money to sign LeBron. They were trying to go, literally go after LeBron James. You know, now the image has changed with James Jones and Mighty Williams, but I've heard about things with Fisare as one of the worst owners in the league for years, but for whatever reason, the league might be afraid of him. And this one year suspension and $10 million for a billionaire, that's that's like finding, you know, us a hundred, <laughs> <100 000 bucks. laughs> that's like getting a, a parking ticket for us, for him, you know, to me. That's insulting, but that's, I think, apparently under the new rules, that's the most they can find. They can't find him a $100 million. You know, he'd sue over that, right? So that's the most they can sign, but the one-year suspension, you know, and I'm sure he told them in the meetings, listen, I have a black GM who's done a great job. I hired a black coach. Okay. Now, if you ask around the league how many owners have done that, well, it's a low number, right? How many owners have hired have both a black GM and a black coach? Okay, and promoted, I could not a, possibly be racist. No, and well, that's the that's his argument. And then he promoted a woman recently, an African American woman, into a high post too. So I'm sure Sarber's argument to Silver was like, "Listen, I ain't I ain't Donald Sterling. Like, I got capable, talented black people in my organization." Now, does that mean he's not a racist? No, it doesn't. Does that mean he's not a sexist? No, it doesn't, uh, misogynistic? No. But I think he argued obviously successfully to keep his ass and keep his team that he has people of color and he's hired previously he had Earl Watson as coach. I think, um, wasn't your guy as coach for a minute, uh, Um, Lindsey Hunter wasn't he Phoenix's coach for a hot minute like it's not like he hasn't hired black coaches okay um it's not like he you know so I guess his argument is listen like you know I've I'm trying here and you know and now it the NBA as well he has kind of a crazy little you know strange sense of humor that's not funny like you can't say things this is not the 70s you cannot you know, and I, I tell people that all the time, like you watch these old comedy shows and stuff and this stuff that they, 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 they used to say on sitcoms and, and things mm-hmm. that were referenced to black people and gay folks and women. And back then there was laugh tracks. Now that's not funny. You cannot yeah. say these things. You watch some of those old 70s shows and watch the, some of the things they said, you were like, it You're made like, you cringe a, a little bit. And it was expected, mm. it was like, ha ha ha, that was funny. Everybody got made fun of, but it was acceptable. It doesn't make it better. It's not better. It's, it wasn't better back then. It was different. You cannot say things like that anymore. And as a billionaire, you go to a sensitivity class or have a, someone tell you, hey, Mr. Sarver, you can't really say the N-word, even though you're trying to quote somebody. I don't know what that means. Who are you trying to quote? Like, what is You telling me? You know? Who said that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, such and such called such such. like, I'm not going to say that. You're not going to say an offensive term for another race. And you'll say, you'll say, Oh, he said the X word, word. whatever the word is, you're not going to say the word. word. So to me, I think his arguments are rather ridiculous, but I do think the fact that the organization one is one of the best now in the Western conference. They have a very good, African American coach Monty Williams swear, you know, I've heard him talk about Sarver. He's had no issues with Sarver, at least publicly, and now he hired a black GM. So you look around the league. Okay, have the Celtics ever had a black GM? They've plenty of black coaches. Have they had, who's the highest, who's the highest ranking African American in Celtics organization? Allison Feaster. Yeah. That's it, right? Um, you know, so we have to look at other organizations. And I'm sure Sarver said, listen, look at what I, look at my resume. I've not ha- had a shortage of black coaches. I think Terry Porter might've been a coach in, in Phoenix. Like they've had black coaches. So I'm sure that was probably his argument. Now, and, and, and I think the league was like, you know what? We don't want the legal mumbo jumbo. We don't want this guy coming after us to keep his team because obviously he is going to fight this. As Sterling did, but Sterling stuff was on tape. Sterling yeah. was had a mistress that looked really bad. Ready, yeah. Like was he was ready. Like, yeah, like he had a mistress and who came out and got him. And he had a wife who was a co-owner who was like, "Oh, I where she is boy. now? The, the mistress or the <laughs> that
0: woman? The what's the floor?
1: I don't know. V. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember <laughs> his, then his ex-wife or his current wife? Oh, yeah. Was like, yeah. So. It, it, it's like the league was like, man, Donald, you've been bad for years. And I think Sarver has been bad for years, but since he hired James Jones, the organization on the floor has been better. And, but this is ridiculous. He should have a team stripped. He should not be an owner of an NBA ball club. This is not what the NBA preaches in terms of diversity and inclusion. It's not. Okay. But so this is a black mark on, Adam Silver's resume to me, as much as it was a positive mark, and I also say black mark, because, shoot, uh, not a good mark. Black mark, black's good.
2: Clean that up, Gary. Clean that up. Uh,
1: Not, you know, it's it's just a negative mark on his resume, just as much as it was a positive mark when he ousted Donald Sterling. This is not flattering for the league. This is rather embarrassing to me simply because like, all the stuff that's come out. And then, oh, but he's got a great, you know, strange sense of humor. He was just joking with... No, no. You're too Gary, old for that.
2: Gary, this this is Pookie cutting a deal. That's what Sarver did. I mean, it's it, we can talk about this as punishment, but he this is cutting a deal. When you think about the impact of what he did, the precedent that, you know, Ad, Adam has set when these type of things happen and what the actual... You know, treatment of Sarver is—they cut a deal because they knew that if this thing went the full distance, Sarver is going to do what anyone in his position would do, and that is throw anyone and everyone he's under going the bus Nino Brown,
1: if he's going down, Kareem Akbar, the educator, exactly, exactly. You that's feel for me. Vinny Goodwill. Tell Vinny, Vinny, that's for you. Yeah. Hello, um, Vinny. <laughs> yes, but yes, he is taking people down because Sarver like all you owners want to vote me out. I got I got dirt on you. I dirt you on exactly. all
2: so I want to cut a deal.
1: Remember he did. Sterling was not Sterling was not the friendly with a lot of owners during his time with the Clippers. They thought he was a buffoon. Yeah. I mean, I remember, him, yeah. I remember literally seeing uh, Sterling courtside in my years covering the Clippers talking to, to the Maloof brothers from the King who bought who owned the Sacramento Kings. The, the, the owners, when the Kings had, you know, Chris Webb and uh, Mike Bibby and Rick Adelman, they were like twins, not twins, but brothers who bought the Kings. And then they tried to end up selling them. I think they, they ended up, you know, having some money issues. But I just remember seeing Sterling, like eating popcorn during the conversation. And it was all over his shirt, just like, you know. And then it was just like, Wow, that's the owner of the team, and it was just his shirt was just filled with popcorn crumbs on the floor during like pre game. And really, I mean, he just couldn't stop eating his popcorn, and I was just like, Wow, yeah, that dude represents the league. That's and yeah, he had a mistress,
0: he had an old
1: mistress, he had a he had he had plenty of stuff going on. Um, but the thing that that frustrated me, you, yeah. No, y'all. Make up, but,
0: uh, bring up a really good point, though. This is the fact that this league preaches diversity and inclusion and black empowerment, and yet when you look at the institutional history of the way ownership has been in the league, I think this was the perfect time for Sil- Silver to just put his foot down and say, "This is not the example of what we want this league to be." And I mean, you have the reports that the NBA wants to expand to two more teams, and the fact that you're still not even fixing the ownership groups that you have now, they need to fix what they're doing before they even consider expanding to back to Seattle uh, reportedly in Las Vegas, because it's just unacceptable. You have black players making up a majority of this league and yet they don't even see themselves represented at the top. What is that? What message does that that send to your players?
2: i got to believe though, that if the NBA ever got serious to the point where they were, it became more than just rumor stuff on a rumor (laughs) mill. You better believe one, if not both, of those teams is going to have at least one high, high, high up the food chain executive who is either female or person of color.
1: They're going to uh, either just, give the Las Vegas team the LeBron or or Floyd Mayweather. Right. That's what I. That's what I've been told. Now Seattle is a whole different story. there going to be a lot of people trying to that's buy that. That's going yeah. to be yeah. Seattle because you got Microsoft up there, Nordstrom, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of big business. Everybody. Just you give my boy that?
2: Isaiah Thomas a job and we're good. Yeah. Just give my boy IT a job, we good. But did you
0: guys see Jalen Brown's tweets? At, uh, I mean, obviously it's just a tweet, but he was, when they were tweeting about what the potential Seattle team would be, he said that an expansion expansion team owned by the players would be ideal, and the NBA PA president kind of replied to that, like, oh, I'd love that idea. Do you, you don't see that as a possibility, clearly, Not That's that a horrible idea. A oh, okay. You can't be an active <laughs> player on the <a>
1: team. <laughs> But no. I think in Seattle, there's uh-huh. going to be a lot of big money, and that's where Steve Ballmer, the, who ended up buying the Clippers okay. from Donald yep, Sterling right. yep. and his wife, came from. There's a whole other story of Ballmer wanted to, Ballmer wanted to buy the Sonics when he was at Microsoft before they got sold to Oklahoma City, okay. uh, but that didn't work out, and so he wanted a team, and he, obviously he bought one in, in L.A. And, and now they're. And I just saw the, the the outskirts of the stadium. They're building the new. I did not know where they're building this new Clippers arena, and I went back mm-hmm. home to see my mama. And it's literally across the street from the SoFi uh, Stadium, oh, Inglewood. In Eng- up to no good. That's my home. I love Inglewood. That's my home. Your hometown. mom lives near SoFi. Huh, huh? Oh
0: yeah, you did say that. Yeah, you did tell
2: us
1: that. Huh? Your mom lives near so SoFi. Yeah, she lives right near. So near, is near your house. My mama lives right near. I grew up near the Forum and they're building a new real estate building. value yeah yeah So yeah let's move on <laughs> anyway um they're building the arena right right across the street from sofi i looked i was like wow there it is i did not know where it was so is invested in la so it's not gonna be him. but there you know there's money and i said i think the league Wants to get another African American owner. I think it's going to be LeBron. If he's not, if he's still, who knows, he's still playing, right? Uh, it could be a, a company that you he think supports. Rich, could not, Rich Paul do it? It could like, be, but yeah, like I don't yeah. think LeBron can have any stake of ownership as long as he's still playing. So they'd have to figure that one out. But I do think, um, you know, like you said, Kwani, the league needs to make some stuff happen here. And I do think that the this Sarver situation—they took a year to investigate. They had a lot of people. They talked to over three hundred people, you know. And and the consensus was—I mean, I know you've been around the league, Sharat. Like Sarver was not one of the league's worst, considered one of the league's worst owners, one of the league's worst to work for—a meddling owner, unprofessional, all of the above. And it's just now. Remember, Phoenix didn't make the playoffs for almost like ten years up until the bubble you know, they, the 10 years that they were just insignificant. And then they hired Monty Williams and they, and they went to the finals in 21. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously now they're still a franchise that's one of the best in the Western conference. And, but I'm sure Sarver's argument was, listen, I have a black GM and a black coach. And I don't know how many other teams I'd have to really think have both a black GM and a black coach. Uh, None None off the top. I know teams of black gyms and teams of black coaches, but that combination is rare. And I think that that was probably one of his arguments of that he's probably changing. And I'm sure they've talked to Suns people, Monty Williams, James Jones, who supported him, you know, to only get this suspension. But apparently he was upset over that suspension. So it's one of those things to me where... It's a it, it's a negative for the league. It's egg on the league's face. And so when they're talking about this diversity and inclusion and, and, and you know incorporating all what does that really mean if you got enough money in your pocket?
0: Mm-hmm. And by the way, you mentioned 30 for 30 docs. One of my favorite 30 for 30 podcasts is actually the Sterling Affairs. Ramona Shelburne did a lot of that reporting, but it was a really good podcast. So if you don't really know the Donald Sterling story. I think they did a pretty good job of like breaking it down throughout the years. And just, it's really mind boggling that all of this was able to go down and it took that long for him to even get exposed. But that being said, on a brighter note, I, what would you two have coming up? Any Boston Globe columns we should be looking out for? Sherrod, how the kids doing? I'm Teaching the next generation? The
2: next generation, trying to keep, 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 trying them, keep them alive. You know, keep them in school. <laughs> Say no to drugs, all that good stuff, all those good messages.
1: <laughs>
2: Very important stuff, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a column now on the SARA thing, and I wrote a column on Perfect. the Patriots that will be running later this week, and I'm headed for South Bend, Indiana ooh Thursday for my UC Berkeley Cal Golden Bears go to the Golden Dome. To face but, Notre uh, Dame,
2: Gary. <laughs> okay. if, I they, wish if they had if the lose last week, they
1: might kill us. But my first trip to Notre, I've been to South Bend before. I have family there. I've never been to okay. campus, so I'm looking forward to going to Notre Dame <laughs> just to see. And hopefully, we we give them a good game. I know. And y'all
0: win it for BC. Win it for I'm, BC.
1: Come on, I'll do it for all of us.
2: Oh God, poor BC. We <laughs> um, got the pigeons. <laughs> you need the BC pigeons alone.
1: My, my eagles. Yeah, home. I'm. I'm excited about going there, and um, and honestly, uh, seeing it for the first time and seeing you know my my school's team try to pull out a win. Uh, Notre Dame's zero two, and I know they're in trouble, so they might be playing a little bit desperately. So we'll so see. Oh, it's
2: later.
1: BC. <laughs> but you know, BC. Hey, they got they got Maine this weekend. They might Love win. The That's a Kwani, <laughs> it's a night game. How many people are going to go see BC and Maine, Maine at 7.30? P- no. Is that game in Maine? No, it's no, BC, it's but easy. it's at night. Like, ain't, gonna be there. ain't nobody going to see confirm, Maine. I can't confirm I will not be there. You're not going to be there? Oh, that's a support. Sorry. That's a support. I'm a busy, day. I'm busy. Don't you have a jersey or something? Huh? Don't you have a jersey? I do. Yeah.
0: For those... <laughs> uh, ah, yeah. ah. Uh, uh, Hopefully that comes that. up. You ain't even shot. going to support your school. I'm retired, baby. <laughs> well,
2: when, when Syracuse comes to BC, I will be going to that game, Courtney.
0: We should go together. We'll we'll tailgate we'll together. Gary, you'll be the,
1: the mediator. Uh, yeah, i BC is a great place to watch a game. I've been there it like is, five it times. Is. It is a wonderful stadium atmosphere, especially a day game to watch a good football game. right. Cool. But, the other you know, team, it's right? Gotta be, it's got to be Clemson or, or <laughs> it's be Florida Clemson. State. <laughs> so, y'all be there
0: October 8th. Clemson and will be October in town.
1: October 8th. Yeah, I'm shooting yeah. for that Clemson game. Yeah, well, we be,
0: should go to that one instead. Forget it, it, Syracuse. We can't be made. Clemson.
1: Yeah, we got to <laughs> we'll get yeah, we'll, we'll try to do a group trip to Syracuse. To, uh, they haven't set the time yet because I was looking at that game to go to. Mm-hmm. And maybe That one will game.
0: actually probably be a night game, knowing yeah. if Clemson's still the high. weather's up, good,
1: obviously. that we can tailgate. Yeah, we'll go and see and play Clemson.
0: The A-List yeah. podcast goes to Boston College.
1: Goes to, goes to Chestnut Hill.
0: <laughs> well, that's a wrap on the A-List podcast. Once again, some love to our sponsors. You can get that $75 credit at indeed.com slash A-List. And of course, that 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. For Ashrod Blazing and Gary Washburn, this is the A List podcast. We'll be back
2: next week. Keep it 99.9. <laughs>